<laughs> Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Marketing Crew. And uh, if everybody recollects, over the last few weeks, we've been talking about networking with purpose and uh, applying basic marketing strategies to our networking. You know, most people do networking at random. Uh, they don't necessarily have a purpose at the end of it. Uh, maybe the oh. one thing is a number of people be going to the event on Friday. And uh, a lot of people there be going to hope they can get business, but and I would hope so as well. But they're at the wrong end of the of, of that process. The the process is meeting new people, uh, establishing relationships, etc. And uh, morning, Marcus. Um, a couple of things have come up recently. Um, that I thought we would cover because they're very much part of this whole networking uh, process. The first one was with, um, first one was actually with Marcus, where I introduced him to somebody that he wanted to do some research with, and uh, he, he made an approach. And uh, and because of the strength of the relationship uh, that I have with that individual. Uh, He's now met with them online, et cetera, and hopefully, and we'll hear in a minute, uh, he's got what he wants from that. And it wasn't so much a sale, it was, uh, uh, or any piece of business, it was, a bit, it was researching a particular sector, and I thought this person could help them. Uh, Jason, last week, uh, very kindly uh, received some uh, introductions, I think, from, was it Andrew and Nick, so the architect, it, it, was, it was from Andrew, yeah. I think yeah, he raised you. the point, you know, you know, are we doing this right? And, and whether you share that with everybody or whether you think yourself, you wonder whether you've made the right approach, especially if you don't get an immediate response, immediate call. And so I thought what we would do is to cover probably one of the most important aspects of business, probably the single thing that, almost every business does not do very well, and that's cover the subject of follow-up. 82% of sales take place after the seventh touch, and yet 82% of people do not make more than one touch. Now, I made that last bit up, but I would think I'm fairly good on that in the experiences I receive. You know, people reach out to me, I say hello, they reach out to me, I wanna be my friend on LinkedIn, they say hello and I don't hear anything more. Uh, or I met somebody at a networking event, nobody really follows up, et cetera. Very few people, a few of the more trained people do. So I thought we'd cover that. And I haven't got any slides. I thought we would discuss it in general. And uh, has anybody been on the receiving end of that? Um, anybody um, contacted somebody on LinkedIn or at a networking event? They then followed up and you've not had a good experience. Out of that follow-up. Anybody? Does everybody follow up with you? No. No. No? Oh, I mean, what? what percentage would you say? Uh, would you would, is it a high high percentage? Eight, sixty, seventy, eighty percent of people never follow up after an event? Yeah, easily that number, yeah. It's like I don't do really much networking now, but yeah, yeah people, people don't. It's just not unless you see and i think an immediate opportunity um but in, in the role i'm in and maybe just to share to thank andrew for the introduction with the um architect whose name escapes me as i'm can't see him on screen now um uh -huh. but I, just to share i i copied him paul 
um, copied in Paul on the email just as some as, as a discussion point for that. But then um, got a, a really quick response, and we had a great um, great chat. But the whole idea of it, I really wanted to. It, it was an introductory call. I wasn't trying to sell him. I obviously told him what I did, but I was. I kind of opened it as a. I'd love to learn more about what you do and you know, what kind of challenges you come into and if there's a way that we can begin to help you on that. And in the the sales kind of training and audios that I'm listening into in my new role now, they really, really emphasize that it's about, they call it completed conversations. So my aim is to have yeah, two, two, three, four, five conversations in a day and there's nothing to do with selling. It's about developing that. So that's for Paul, this is perfect timing. Good. So you've, you've followed up and you've had a good conversation yeah. Um, the point is there that both Nick uh, and Andrew get brownie points for making that introduction. Uh, yeah. The relationship they've got is not damaged in any way because had you really got a bit pushy or that, that conversation hadn't been uh, good, their reputation would have been slightly damaged. You said something there. Uh, uh, Jason said something there and... Uh, as Anne-Marie, is she trying to shoot a fly or is it controlling the lights? Very high-tech. Good morning. We're talking about the important part of following up as part of the, uh, is the biggest challenge that most people have got. They don't follow up. Uh, and Jason said something there. It depends on, I don't know how you phrased it, it depends whether you see a sale or it depends whether, you know, there's an opportunity for a sale. And so I think that is the reason most people don't follow up. They don't see an immediate sale or a sale. They don't think that person is potentially a buyer or a, then they don't follow up. I, 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 I tend to feel that's the case, unless you tell me differently. Nick? If I'd say, Paul, if you're, if you're at a networking event or any event, you might meet 20 people. You're not going to necessarily follow up with every single person you meet. You're going to try and follow up or create a conversation with the people where there's either some synergy or there's... Yeah, some collaborative opportunity or something in common to discuss and that's a starting point so it might you might just decide there are two or three people that you'd like to have a conversation with and then and as I think as Jason was saying don't go in with any agenda just let it let the conversation go where it goes but I, I guess you start off with having something in common because you think actually it would make an interesting conversation or it's worthwhile having that conversation with that individual but clearly there are times when you might meet people and you don't follow up and there could have been an amazing opportunity and you might miss out on that. But you've got to start well, somewhere. I would say that in the brief amount of time you've met somebody in a networking event, if you can know exactly who they know and uh, then you're a better person than, than me, you just don't know, do you? <laughs> no, you don't know. But, but you have raised a point about, about time. It depends what you mean by follow-up. Anne-Marie? I want to disagree, if that's okay. I, I want to turn up late, swat a fly and disagree. <laughs> no, it, it is remote controlled lighting. I'm just so high tech. Very flash. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? So following up, yeah. So I, as you all know, do this little pack that I send out to people. And I tend to use that as my follow up. So anybody that I have any conversation with, even if, I don't see a potential opportunity. If I've had a conversation with them, I will always ask for their um, address if they don't mind giving me their postal address and I will send them out an information pack. Where I fall down on following up is 
the stage thereafter. Um, but that's not because I don't perceive there to be an opportunity. It's purely down to my poor time management. But what I'm doing now is I've got everything in HubSpot and oh. I've done template emails. So my VA is now doing that bit for me. But my point about following up really was that I don't follow. If I don't follow up, it's not because I don't see an opportunity. It's purely because I forget or I don't have time. Um, you know, and I think, as Nick was just saying, when you meet a lot of people, sometimes it can be difficult to, you know, remember to contact all of them or whatever. I think that that's another that's another very good point. It's we're handling so many things, and then you think, oh, I mean, I got two. I've realised this morning I had two calls over the weekend, two emails, and I haven't replied to them. So to get on to them this morning you know things take over so there will be odd errors but it's whether there's a process in place in my view uh in most cases there isn't a simple process in place andrew yeah marie's just said something which resonated with me she said i don't have the time to follow up all the time and that's so true and i'm actually finally getting my ducks in a row whereby i've actually allocated some time now to do these types of tasks every day so i don't necessarily use it but it means that I'm cognizant of that. I've got that slot of time. It's a psychological thing more than anything, I think. I think if you can plan your time better, then you don't get into, you, you can sort of get into overwhelm and stuff. And if you're not planning it properly, I've now started really planning it properly. I feel far more in control and, and sort of, oh, I can follow up with such and such rather than, oh, I'm too busy. So it's a lot of the psychology in the way you plan it, I think. I think you've got to make that easy, but it, is, it can be quite exciting. You, you can use it as a game if mentally you need to do that. Oh, yeah. I'm going to follow. I've met five people today. I'm going to, I'm going to put them in, the, in my database, uh, which will trigger an automatic email, and bang, it's done. Uh, and let's see who responds, uh, because the same process reminds me in three days' time, did this person uh, come back to me? Uh, Tracy. So it's funny because I always come at this from a kind of customer care point of view. So whenever I go to network, I'm always feeling that somebody's selling to me rather than I'm selling to them. And I think I think, Paul, at the last kind of BFN, I met you mm -hmm. um, and I remember kind of you gave me your card, you followed up and everything else. Um, and I always make sure I respond to that, even though I have no intention at that time of, of doing anything with with, with Paul. Um, but I also knew he was a connection that that, that may be useful at some stage in the, in the future. So I think we we had quite a lot of small correspondence kind of way back from then up until the point in which I joined marketing crew. So so for me, I think I always kind of follow up. But that's from a customer service point of view. That isn't from me, from a selling point of view. And that's probably where I've got to turn it around in a slightly different way. Well, I didn't follow up from a selling point of view. I do that with everybody. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a process because I don't know where it's going to lead to. I had no idea. I had a little bit of information about your, your business. I knew you were new to business, so I felt it could be of some value. Um, and I would have given you that value, whatever you decide to do, um, because I'm a, more about looking to build relationships 
because you never know where those relationships lead to. And that, as opposed to what Nick has said, and I know he doesn't believe that, but that is the whole issue. If you really have no agenda, you've got a, of course you've got an ultimate agenda, but your agenda is a, at a networking meeting is either catching up with people you haven't seen for a while that you know, or, build, or starting relationships with people that you don't know and that you meet. And if you've met them, and they've given you the card or you've offered a card and you've got that detail or you've said something that suggests that you might have something of value or or whatever. It, it doesn't really matter. You know, you might be talking about football. You might be talking about grandchildren, you, might, you know, whatever. Um, I just think it's courtesy to follow up and say it's been really nice meeting you. And my follow up email and I've done it on when I've been on to net, um, the the. Uh, uh, business focus network where I've got all the I've, I've taken the time to take all of those emails off that have been in the chat and I've got I've put it into one CRM I have one email uh, a, an email template it's personalized I've got the ability to change any one of them so what I would do is I put them all in and before I hit click send I search out the people I had the one-to-one -one with is it two three people Make a comment there, and in some cases it was, yes, let's follow up with a proper one-to-one. -one. So I can add a little bit there, and bang, it goes. And those people are in my database if I want to reach out, um, which actually I probably, I haven't thought about it, I probably will this week. I'll, I'll email all those people uh, and say, you know, we met at the last Business Focus Network, blah, blah. Are you going to this one on Friday? Uh, look forward to seeing you there. Uh, and I've, I really, by the way, I've had no real contact in between. I haven't pursued them or anything. Um, not everybody, as Nick says, you don't do that with everybody. Um, Rod, I think the uh, the thing is the lesson there is go with no agenda at all, and 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 just come away with cards that you've swapped with someone, and hope the people that you know will be courteous enough to introduce you to the people that they know and that you do the same back to them, you're going to have to work hard on Friday, harder than you've ever worked before, but not selling yourself, selling yourself, but not selling your stuff, if you see what I mean. And then coming away and hoping that people will say, well, that, you know, Trace was really nice. I'd like to know a bit more about our business and leaving that, that, um, uh, a bit of afters, if you like, something that someone wants a bit, a bit more of you, you know. Um, and I know from networking events that I've done that most business people are really, really lazy as hell. They have got no concept of how hard you have to work at not selling your stuff. They think they're a bloody shop. <laughs> a pop-up banner and a few leaflets and you're a shop, you see. You said there, and I've sort of legend, I, I say it very often, you know, go there without an agenda. I need to correct that slightly. Uh, what I meant by that is, no, when you're in front of somebody, you don't have a, a hidden agenda to sell them something. Uh, you, I think you do need to have a purpose for your networking on Friday. Those Who's going, by the way, on Friday? Show of hands. Right. You... You will have, I imagine, a purpose there. Uh, and if you haven't, maybe we can brainstorm what you might want to be doing there. Uh, is it to meet new people? What sort of new people? Is it people in your target market? Or ideally, people with access to your target market? If you've got the chance to have an advanced list of the people and their companies, 
Um, that could be useful, doing a little bit of research on LinkedIn uh, beforehand. You're with me? Because you're going to spend all day there. You've spent good money on being there. And uh, that would be a good use of your time because it's part of that process of building business for the future. The business you do today with your client pays your bills. The business you're going to do in the future creates your wealth. In other words, it's not the immediate sale. It's the add-on sales, the repeat sales, the referred sales, the future sales is where your wealth is. And you can't do that unless you've got a natural, a natural route to staying in touch with people. That, that's in, in my view. Holly, you said that rings a bell. Yeah, I'm sorry, Paul. I didn't know what was happening on Friday. So I was, I felt like I was the kid no one wanted oh, to talk to at school. So um, I thought I'd, I'd find out which party I hadn't been invited to. <laughs> well, it's at Filton and it's where the Concord is, is, uh, is, is uh, housed. So I don't know whether they get a chance to look into Concord, but I'll be certainly taking a few photographs of the nose, etc. So, we all accept it's uh, important. I've got here, when is, it, when is it important to follow up and how? Um, I've got down here, after you've made a digital connection, maybe on LinkedIn, somebody's connected with you on LinkedIn or you've reached out, and maybe they keep commenting on your posts and you, 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 you make a comment, but you reach out and you say, you know, can't help but notice that you've, uh, you, you know, you've you've made comments a number of posts. Maybe we can talk further. I don't know how Marcus does this, but he obviously gets lots of comments on his posts. Even Eddie's got a, a following at the moment. <laughs> um, so after a digital connection, um, after you've made a live connection, maybe you've had coffee or you've been to the Friday event, the networking contact, you've gathered business cards, what do you do with them? Those people with HubSpot have got a great advantage because the a mobile app for HubSpot has got a built-in um, camera uh, to take a photograph of the business card, which straight away brings that data into HubSpot. If you only have HubSpot for that and then export it to your main system, it's got to be worthwhile. It's a brilliant. You don't have to go typing anything out. You just photograph it, bring it in. And I think that if you tag it then, it will automatically send an email of a thank you. Non-salesy, great to meet you. And I think what, and this is where I would say to Nick, I would send something like that to anybody and everybody I met because I know it shocks them. Because if nobody else is doing it, the fact that you're doing it is gonna help you stand out. It says, hey, this person's genuinely interested, especially if it's non-salesy. Because I don't know about you, you meet somebody and you think you're having a meaningful conversation, you never hear a diddly squat from them. You might email them out and they don't reply and you think they're not interested. That subconsciously is what can go. That's the bit I'm worried about. Um, following up after you've uh, been referred or introduced to somebody on or offline. And I, I think we'll talk in a bit of uh, depth on this one in a second. 
how you, you know, somebody introduces you like uh, Nick and Andrew did for uh, um, uh, last week uh, for Jason. Um, he sent an email. Is that the right way? I know that uh, Marcus, we, we went a different route. And, uh, and then uh, after a longer meeting, if you had a one-to-one -one at the event or you've... Uh, You've had a one. You've had a sales presentation, and naturally you'd follow up. Um, can't imagine anybody not following up if they've been asked to pitch some business or made a presentation. It could be to send a quote. It could be they said no, but do you leave it at that? Oh, I can imagine some people do. So this, so this whole process of of following up. Oh, I I always like. I prefer the word stay in touch when I was predominantly in sales. It was follow-up. Sales managers drive in. The, the, the business is in the follow-up. And the word follow-up almost sounds predatory. It almost says, I'm going to follow up until I get that stale. Uh, and we sometimes use it as a language. Oh, I'll follow up next week. I prefer the, the term stay in touch because I'll say to people, are you happy if we stay in touch? Very often in an email, it'll be, you know, let's stay in touch. Stay in touch is non-threatening. It's quite inclusive, that. Why would anybody not want to stay in touch, you know? So there's some areas. Uh, after a digital connection, after a live connection, after you've been referred or introduced, uh, or after a specific meeting, um, each of those would have slightly different angles. Um, We've been talking recently about introductions, and I know uh, one or two people on here on B&I and uh, uh, that follow-up after an, an introduction. Somebody gives you that introduction. Uh, you say something in the minute in the, in the session, and we're going to be uh, covering another one of those sessions today. You say something in, in, in that session or in the one-to-one -one or in the, uh, the group one-to-one -one or in your one-minute uh, and somebody knows somebody. So they say, I, I, I've got an introduction for you. What do we do with that? What, what do you do when you get that? And Marie, if you, you, you've had that, what, what do you do? Somebody says, oh, I know somebody that could, could be good contact for you. What do you do? What do we do? That's a tricky one, actually, because I, I, I don't... I'm a bit like Tracy in as much as I don't sell myself. That sounded wrong. Um, I don't sort of like, I very much want people to come to me because they want to come to me rather than me telling them that I'm brilliant and amazing and then that they should. So I kind of very, it's very soft approach in as much as I kind of make, <laughs> not since the court case here, yeah, very funny. <laughs> um, you know, I, I kind of want people to make their own mind up so I, I guess if somebody comes to me and says, oh, I know whoever that might be interested, then I, I generally just say, that's great. You know, happy for you to pass on my details. Let me know if they want to have a chat and leave it like that. Like I said, I don't follow up. I only, or what is it? Stay in touch. I only follow up with people who I have actually spoken to as kind of like a first point of contact so those are the only people that get my little information packs and that kind of thing, because I don't want to come across as a pushy person. Because something you said <clears throat> earlier, Paul, about, um, you know, you obviously when you go to BFN and, you, and you, we all get the attendance list and you take um, the email and you feed them into your system and everything, which is 
you know, that's absolutely fine. I always worry by doing that, if I've not even met you at that meeting, yes, I know you've been there on the screen, but I've not had a one-to-one with you, I've not connected with you. If you, if I'm not saying you, I'm saying you generically, if I was then to receive an email from somebody that I've not even had a conversation with, that would actually turn me off because I'd think, well, hang on a second, all you've done is turned up just to get my email address so that you can spam yeah, I me. I and I know that's probably a little bit extreme. So I don't tend, I don't really like that approach, yeah. rightly or wrongly. Well, we, we, we're drifting off the particular question, uh, but I'll cover that. First of all, as a non-member, I don't get a list of everybody that attended. And even if I did, I would not follow up with a, you know, uh, uh, you know, a generic. Well, I, wasn't, I wasn't meaning you, Paul. I was just no, saying no, in general. I, it, no, I'm, I'm saying that for anybody viewing this video, really, you should never do that because it's obvious what you've done. You've harvested a list and it's about if you're going to build a relationship, build it at least in the right way from the beginning. Um, now, I would only ever follow up where I've had a conversation and I've got cards. If they've not given me a card or we haven't decided, uh, I don't know whether Tracy had a card at that time, and I think I took your email, good remember, memory. Um, but I, you know, I, I asked for permission. Um, and so that's where I'd follow up. But if, I, you know, there's loads of people there and I didn't get to talk to them. I suppose there's a few people there you could say, you know, and I notice I'm so sorry we didn't get a chance to chat, but I wouldn't do that en masse. Now, what I was thinking about, and maybe you, you, you've not you know, caught it, maybe somebody else can help. When you're at, very often at these networking meetings, um, you say something and somebody else says, oh, I might be able to help you. I know somebody. Uh, I'll, I'll, um, that I can introduce you to. What do you do then? And you say, you say, thank you, give them my card, I'll be pleased to talk to them. That is extremely passive. And if that's your style, that's fine. I'm not here to persuade you any differently, but I'm going to suggest that you may approach it in a slightly different way. Uh, Andrew. Yeah, I tend to ask people, I like to be introduced on a mutual email, a mutual email because then, and usually I'll speak to my contact first, not always, but sometimes I'll say, oh, you know, somebody could be inter you know, interested in contact for you or they're doing something similar to what you're project-wise or something like that. So that's where I like to introduce myself as well, where somebody will say, oh, such and such, you meet Andrew, blah, 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 and, you know, over to, over to you two sort of attitude. And then that's a really great, I find that as, as a really great introduction because when it's some, I'll give so-and-so a ring, you think, well... What, how's the ground been led? I don't know. You know, are they going to say, who are you? Or it's, it's just all a bit, bit sort of wobbly, really. So I'd like to have that sort of, that's how I do it. And that's how I like to have it done. And sometimes I'll say to would you mind doing an introduction email to, to, to me, to your to your contact? So that's usually my approach. I, I, that, that's where I'm driving at. Because I know there's one or two people here uh, in BNI, and I know Marcus was in BNI. And one of the, one of the frustrations I've found that with people in uh, B&I is that they've had what I call iffy referrals. They've had leads, they've had nothing more than, you know, there's the business card, give them a ring. This is not what it's about. You know, b and is about qualified introductions. But, of course, the pressure is on in some groups to make the referral numbers. And uh, I've, always, I've been always against that. Do not... Uh, you know, don't try and fool the system. If you can't 
produce a genuine referral, don't produce it because we can then spot that you're struggling and we can decide how we help you uh, generate genuine referrals. And that, that's the key. So, yeah, so I'll just, sorry, just come back on that, Paul. Yeah, so I, I kind of didn't, yeah, I went off on a tangent, you're right. I do exactly the same as Andrew. And in fact, had a conversation with Marcus yesterday um, about a referral that I've got for him, but I've done the groundwork with both Marcus and this referral. And now all I've got to do is put them together, which I will do on LinkedIn. So yes, I do exactly the same. It's actually the groundwork I want to dig into. There's a bit of a, uh, a theme for Jason there. Um, uh, as to what groundwork you guys did. Uh, Nick, before I do that, Nick, you had a point. Yeah, I was just going to jump back to the intro that Andrew and I were talking about for Jason um, with our architect in Bath. And Andrew and I had a, we had a LinkedIn chat actually before we did the introduction because what we didn't want to do is for both of us to introduce Jason to the architect. So we kind of said, we don't mind who does it, but let's agree who it is. And then I think Andrew probably did a three-way introduction on LinkedIn. So we kind of, we thought about it and made sure that the quality of the introduction was was right as well. Um, otherwise it could feel a bit salesy if we're kind of overpowering this person from every direction. Well, that in fact is proper collaboration. That is proper, you know, you're wanting to do it right. And I'm, I'm pleased yeah. to hear that because uh, it doesn't always happen like that, even in the other groups, um, even in the so-called trained groups like BNI and certainly the non-trained groups, it, it, you know, if especially people are new to business, they don't fully understand what they're doing. So in terms of um, Anne-Marie and Marcus, You've suddenly found somebody that could be a good fit for Marcus. So what, what did you do next? Um, <laughs> it's someone that's kind of been on the boil for a little while um, that I'm working with. Um, he is not the quickest at moving and making decisions, and he's very particular about how everything happens. So it's it's been quite a long process for me to get to the point where where you know I'm actually working with him now um, and I just had a he's a motivational speaker um, and so I had a conversation with him um, when we were doing his book and I just sort of spoke to him about the imagery that we were going to use he's got illustrations etc and then I just kind of allowed that to lead on to photography and did he think that that might be of interest if he was looking to promote his book da 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 um, and I sort of said, you know, if you're interested, I know a chap who kind of specialises in your area. I could put the two of you together. And he sort of said, well, yeah, yeah, I'm always happy to have a chat. And that was kind of it. So obviously I then spoke to Marcus and said, I've got this. And he said, yeah, brilliant. Great. So I've just got to put them together. So whether it comes to anything, I don't know. But he might it might not be for him. But obviously, that's the market that Marcus is looking to get into. So this guy is going to have access to other people that potentially will be Marcus's target audience. So hopefully, if nothing else, it will be, you know, opening the door for him. That's good. So uh, as, as, so the other guy's giving you permission to introduce Marcus. Yes. Is that right? Yes. And uh, Marcus, uh, have you done that yet or are you ready to do that? No, I've, I've, I only spoke to Marcus about it yesterday. So I, it's on my list of things to do today to do a LinkedIn introduction for them. OK, so um, I'm going to delve a bit further. Marcus, what do you know about this other person? Uh, nothing. 
apart from what right. Amory said, which is all I need to know, really, I feel. No, you know. I, 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 no well, I, you know, that I, I'm glad you, that's a perfect answer for me to lead to my next point. But, uh, <laughs> Andrew. I've been set up. <laughs> no, you haven't. I didn't know which way it was going. Andrew. I think, um, so with Nick and myself decided who was going to introduce Jonathan and Jason, normally I would I would have spoken to Jonathan normally, but because it was just such an obvious, um, mutually good connection for both of them, I just cracked on um, and it worked really well. Whereas conversely, there's a lady that I met uh, the other week who I want to introduce to Rob, who's not on the meeting at the moment. Um, but I want to speak to Rob before. So I've mentioned Rob to her, not by name, but I want to speak to Rob first to make sure he's happy for that connection. I think it'd be a really good connection, but I just want to double check with Rob that he's, he's happy about it as well. And so the other end, so it's not out of the blue and like, oh my God, who's this? And do you know what I mean? I just think it needs a bit more warm up. So I'm going to speak to Rob about that. And then and I'm sure he's going to be, yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm going yeah. to introduce. So I think again, you, you just got to sort of feel out a little bit. Certainly, Anne Marie's done the work in terms of thinking about that and qualifying and establishing that, yeah, photography could be, could be useful. Uh, you know exactly the person that specialises in motivational speakers, so I'd love to be able to introduce him. That's the way I would put it. But you've you've put it you've you've got there. You've done that work. Marcus has done no work yet on that. And what work could he do? Well, the first thing I'm sure he will do because he's good at this is he will go onto LinkedIn and he will look at some background. But if if that was me, I would say to Anne Marie. Um, Tell me a bit more about this guy. What's the backstory? Number one, uh, why do you think the uh, photography could be useful? And has he agreed to that? You know, where do you both think that could be the case? Uh, you might say, I'm not sure. You know, I just thought it is, you know, it, there's no special answer, but at least he's think, starting to find out. I think that's valid. Those points are valid if it's not what I would call a good referral. But I, I would like to think that Marcus and I know each other well enough to know that I wouldn't put somebody in his path that isn't going to at least entertain the idea of speaking to him. I don't know whether there's a need for photography. I've asked the question and he said, yes, he's up for having a chat. But right. I, I can't sell Marcus. He has to do that himself, I guess, uh, is where I'm kind of coming from. Well, I, I, I think... I think you could sell Marcus, not for him, but you could big up why you're why you're impressed with Marcus. Oh, I did uh, say he was brilliant. I did say I did I did. I had a laugh about it. I said he takes brilliant photos, gets into all sorts of funny positions, and is, is keen to get so I, I, I just kind of naturally and I, I don't know. I mean, to a certain extent, I've done similar with Ollie because he's come to my BNI the last couple of weeks and I invited him because I knew that there was a gap in our chapter for SEO. And I've spoken to the web guy before Ollie came along and said, this is going to be a good connection. The web guy said, yes, I really want to work with SEO, blah, 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 blah. So I kind of, I kind of sort of greased the wheels beforehand, yeah. if you like. Yeah, you've, you've done the work. And, and in fact, your sheer personality is, and if you're, if you, if they're saying, yes, get him to give me a call or I'll be, I'll be pleased to talk to him. You've done exactly the right thing. Exactly the right thing. I'm not saying, uh, no, what I'm saying is, is what, what is Marcus? What has Marcus done? Because what is one question I would I would have asked you, um, 
and okay, you know, by asking that question, you know, where's his interest in photography? You've established, I don't think he has any. I've just suggested it. He said he's open to discussing. So at least I know what I've got to do. Um, at least we know he hasn't got a specific interest in that. But one question I would ask is, uh, do you think we'd get on? In other words, you delve into the, uh, I think it's important because it's about relationships, maybe delve into a little bit into the character. You've already told uh, uh, this other guy about his character. He's, he's a bit, he takes brilliant photographs, but he gets into some strange positions. He's a bit over the top or whatever you've said about him, uh, which he's giving some expectation. I'm making this up. Um, but can you see where, where you know, I mean, what is it, you you know, do you think they'd get on? You, you said he doesn't make decisions easily. No, no, he, he, he's very particular. And I think he's of, he's of a certain generation who um, have, a very, have a very sort of, they have a very set, or he has a very set way of doing things. And I right. wouldn't have put him in touch, or I wouldn't be putting him in touch with Marcus if I didn't think Marcus had the, capabilities of relating to that because I think as you know as I do and as Marcus does you know we talk to so many different people from a wide range of um, you know sort of industries we have to be able to communicate with them on a level that works so even if Marcus thinks he's a complete idiot this bloke I don't think he would have a problem working with him because he's got that professional capability to work within you know how this and and it, right, I so, don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong in thinking that. I don't know. Oh, I agree. You said, a, you said a few things there that that would be useful to me if I was Marcus. First of all, he's a particular generation. Is he an older man? Uh, yeah, I don't know how old he is, but he's. But he's an he's an older man. Is he, it, it also sounds the way you described him. He's a little bit more. Uh, he's more detail oriented. He's considered. He considers things. He, he's particularly. You said. <laughs> he's henpecked. Um, <laughs> Keep the other liberty, Amory. Are we all? <laughs> yeah, Marcus, meet Nick. <laughs> no, um, all I'm trying to get here is that the, having some useful background to the character, sometimes we miss this, could be useful. So, for instance, if I was being introduced to Marcus and uh, I, you know, what would we get on? Well, you're both extremely fashionable and, uh, you know, I'm joking now. But, uh, no, he's got a background in fashion. What sort of fashion in, in the hair and beauty? Oh, I, you know, I've got that as well. Uh, his sister uh, is very big with Weller. I used to work for Weller. In other words, I'm trying to find out in advance what we might have in common because I can pick up on that during the conversation. That's all I'm trying to get at here. So, and, and, and also... The fact you've told him that he's hempecked, he's a bit particularly maybe a bit nervous. It will, and, and I know Marcus is quite larger than life. You meet him and he's quite exuberant, etc. That might not be the way, if he didn't know that, if he approaches that, might frighten the guy to death. He's, he's but, not nervous. He's just very, um, everything has to happen in a certain way. Right. So if, knowing that, Marcus would know that, Perhaps when he, if he does get to discuss that and saying this is what would happen next, he maybe emphasises with absolute confidence that I say I'll do that. This is what happens, and 
So it might affect his approach. That, that's all I'm saying. It's, it's rather than just say, oh, great, I'll give him a call. It, it's worthwhile. And you can have your own set of questions. You know, why do you think they want, you know, you give me an introduction. Why do you think he's a good referral? Why do you think they want, might want a book? Why is, is it something they agree with? It's something just your idea, et cetera. In other words, you're just getting as much research as you can. Uh, impossible. Um, Marcus and then uh, Andrew. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Um, first of all, thanks, Anne-Marie. <laughs> Obviously, it goes without saying. Um, I don't know. I mean, Paul, it, it, it's nuanced, isn't it? It's yeah. not black and white. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's, and I think what I said this quite a lot. It's like dating, isn't it? You know, in some ways, which obviously I've got quite a lot of experience in. Um, and this, some, yeah, I don't know. I've got a lot to say here, but it's all rubbish, of course. I mean, sometimes the more you know about somebody when you go on a date, the worse it is. Well, you like read their profile on Tinder, and you think, oh god, this is going to be awful. You tell me you haven't been on a date in years. <laughs> yeah. No, that, I, I, I still, I'll hold my ground. I think that is valuable information because you can use that. Even if it's only to say, Anne Marie thinks she's very, she's told me a lot about you and I've been very impressed. Or what are you very impressed with? Well, you're henpecked and you still, still manage to smile. No, I'm only joking there. <laughs> um, you, yeah. You're trying to pick out things that you could use. Andrew. Yeah, I'm not suggesting that we do this for what we're doing because this is totally over the top. But there's something that really stuck in my mind, sticks in my mind, um, which I was quite like, oh, that's a bit full on. Um, when I was in corporate, they used to keep um, sort of documents about different customers and contacts and what they liked and what they disliked. So that anybody who went to that um, site, um, they had a bit of a bead on them. And one of the chaps, and I've met him actually, and it said, he loves a bit of flattery and things like that. I'm thinking, happy days. <laughs> I'm not suggesting we do that because it's completely overboard for what we're doing. But it just made me laugh that in that corporate scenario because you, because with us, we are the point of contact. Whereas obviously in, in corporate, you get different people going into a customer and they might not understand where they're coming from and things like that. So it's an interesting view. But I just thought stuff like that. I mean, I think if the customer ever saw that, oh my days, the balloon would go up. <laughs> well, um, not sure where that falls into data protection, but to hell with that, Ollie. <laughs> was back in the day before that existed, really. Well, I was <laughs> I think, did, did Nick, did you have a point before that, or am I jumping ahead of you? No, you go for it, Ollie. Uh, yeah, no, I was just going to say, um, <clears throat> I think ten, I think probably most of us, before a referral, subconsciously, will think about whether this person is the right fit before we even get to the point of suggesting it to that person. <clears throat> and then... I'm a, I'm a little bit with Marcus on the fact that there's too much, inf sometimes too much information in that Anne-Marie might have a certain relationship with that client and they interact, behave in a certain way together and it might be completely different with Marcus. And I think if you then influence that person, you know, and say, oh, they're, they're like this, like, you know, like Andrew says, maybe he likes a bit of flattery, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And maybe he doesn't like that, but it's just how that relationship with one person has unfolded. I think it, yeah, there needs to be, I think, some element of discovering it yourself a bit with it. Well, I think, I think in fairness, uh, Anne-Marie in this instance could give a whole lot of information about how she gets on with them, but you decide to filter what you use if you use any of it. It's just that you know that. I think if I recall when I introduced uh, uh, Marcus to Roger Knight, 
I gave you a bit of background. He was Welsh. He's a master of ceremonies. Uh, he's also a DJ, because I know Marcus, uh, uh, his, his talents and, and interest in music. I said that his wife is a, photo a wedding photographer. He gave you quite a bit of information that you could pick up on. Now, you'd get the Welsh a bit straight away because of the Welsh accent. But, you know, um, you'll notice also when I introduce you to Michael and, uh, and uh, with Michael, I was giving Michael prompts, giving a bit more information about your background in certain areas and vice versa. I do that all the time because it helps them find something in common. And when you're, when you're building a relationship, the more you can find in common, the better. You know, um, that, that's what I'm saying. It's not a cold thing. You, you need to warm that up and you warm it up with finding things in common. Mm -hmm. um, and, and something else Ollie just said about, you know, you, you feel you've got the right fit. I think it's as well just to double check why it's the right fit. Because what I'm going to be doing in a minute is talking about uh, how, what your business, who, who your ideal client is, and also who your who somebody isn't an ideal client, you know, to emphasize who you want, who you can best serve. You've also got to educate the other person as to who you can least serve. So checking that there's the right fit, because I've seen it so many times, very often people have made introductions and through lack of their own knowledge uh, and understanding, it would be totally the wrong thing. I remember when I was a core member in Newbury years ago, uh, there's a guy called Andrea, Archimedes, he's a Greek guy, massive, big guy. And uh, he used to stand up, he had a uh, heating and plumbing uh, business. And he said, if you want to, uh, if you have a, somebody that has got a leaky tap, that's not the referral for me. I deal with big high rises, commercial buildings. I've been dealing with something in Basingstoke. It's worth 485,000. That's the sort of business I'm looking for. In other words, it, it, it helps them, you know, say what you want and what you don't want, you know? So this business about you think it's the right fit, just let's discuss where, why you think it's the right fit. What problems have you seen that, that this person's got that I can know about? Because otherwise it could take me ages to find that problem out. Uh, Marcus. Yeah, I was going to say I've completely forgotten. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. But Paul. All of this, all of this depends on the person who you want to connect with, telling you who their ideal customer is, who, the, who they're looking for, what referrals they're looking for. All of this depends on that, Paul. And in my experience, when I speak to people, not on this call, I have to say, but when I speak to people, they don't know who their ideal customer is in the slightest. No, I, I realise. I realise. I mean, I had a call, spoke to me last night, who's your ideal customer? women okay well that's not going to be good for me is it i mean so, so the, that is really crucial isn't it i mean i'll, I'll stay in the obvious but i thought i'd mention it yeah no you're right um what we were talking about today though is that important follow-up it, it's in, in other words it's 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 turning more of the introductions into business uh it's about long-term building relationships who are maybe not right you know, the, the timing might not be right. Most most decisions that are made are based on timing. You know, somebody might 
somebody might not be in a position to use your services right now because of funding or whatever, or because of personal issues, but they may be able to use your services in three months' time. Parsons was an exact example. You did work for them a few years ago, and suddenly the timing was right for them. So they contacted you, uh, mm. Nick, and then uh, Anne-Marie. Yeah, can I just jump back to what we were talking about maybe half an hour ago? Anne-Marie said that she... I can't remember what you, words you actually use, Anne-Marie, but you said that you don't tend to follow up. I think you, you said something along those lines. But I, I think you follow up brilliantly using LinkedIn in terms of keeping people aware of who you are and what you do. And you, know, you we all know how creative you are in terms of your written content on LinkedIn. And I think that does a really powerful job for you in terms of keeping you in front of people's minds. And that, that is your, you might not be sending an email to everybody every week, but they see you and they see your, your funny posts and your thoughts and <laughs> animations or whatever. And um, yeah, people remember you, don't they? So I think it can be done in lots of different ways and you've, you've got a way that works for you. Uh, I think I think I think what you're saying in following up. I don't know whether that's follow up. I think that is in it's uh, awareness. Anne Marie it's... and and Marcus are great at visibility. Yeah, and they've got this process. I know Marcus has Monday, Wednesday, Friday visibility, and the visibility you create is phenomenal. Uh, the interesting, you know, when you see that, it's it's worthwhile reading. Uh, I look at all the comments and I think, wow, there's something. And I'm envious of that sort of engagement. I don't get anywhere near that engagement. Um, so, but that but is the people that aren't ready. That's a brilliant way of keeping in touch. Yes, yeah. Well, it, it is, and 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 the comments on there could be a way of. Yes, you're right in in staying in touch on that. Um, but the fact is that if we can if we can look at this other process of of, of how you'd, you know, Marcus and I were talking yesterday and uh, he was saying he's extremely busy next week and I made a comment that uh, the challenge is when you know you're busy, you tend to hold back on pursuing potential referrals, uh, sorry, uh, you know, building the pipeline, you hold back. But then when you're not so busy the week before and you've got time to do, that's the time to do it because it will take you several weeks, a number of weeks for that to reach a piece of business. You know, yeah. Somebody, uh, Marcus. Um, just talk about LinkedIn. As my little baby, as you know, that if you want to keep, in, if you make a connection with somebody and want to see their posts that they put out, if you click on the notifications bell at the top, there's different options on there. You will receive a notification when they post, and then you can um, obviously comment on their post, and that's a way of building up a connection. Actually, I, at this point, um, I'm not going to detract from what we're talking about, but uh, Marcus has just said something there that, that if you're all up for it, it might be a, a, a good way uh, to do occasionally. There's areas that we haven't really explored deeply, marketing areas. Uh, we've, we've touched on LinkedIn, but that's from outsiders. Um, and we certainly haven't explored Instagram. We certainly haven't explored Facebook. And I just wondered whether it might be useful uh, every now and again to say, right, in two weeks' time or, or in a week's time, we're going to discuss LinkedIn. And everybody's got the task of just spending 30 minutes in the week or whatever time they can have, ideally 30 minutes, in researching 
or noting what they do or researching an article, researching video, etc. And then we all pool what we've learned because what Marcus has just shared there, um, I, I, I don't use and I wasn't aware and that could be good. Uh, uh, you know, maybe I, I know on, on LinkedIn, uh, you, can, you can tag people. I know on Google Gmail, you can tag people and put them into groups for follow-up or whatever. So you can use existing systems to remind you about individuals. Periodically, all the people where I've had a notification, I'll go down and think, ah, no, I haven't spoken to those people. Uh, I do tend to pull their information off LinkedIn. I look at the contact list and I pull it into my system um, so that I've got that. So would that be a good idea? For instance, uh, certainly the photographers and the web designers, Instagram could be an obvious one, I get, you know. Um, what do we think? Yeah. Is that, would that be a good idea? Yep. Shall we have a go at Instagram first? Does anybody actively use Instagram within the, with this group? No. You do. You do. A little bit. Um, I'm very much that. <laughs> Why, why, are you, why are you much that? I, I'm, I'm a bit like you. I mean, I've got an Instagram account, but I don't use it. But in terms of video work that I'm doing at present, it, I think it could be useful for me. Why don't you use it? I've, te I've tended to put more energy into LinkedIn because of it, because I'm targeting a B2B market. So, so um, shall we go for LinkedIn first then? I think it's more widely used within this group. I think it would add more value to everybody. All right. Well, at least it gets kicked off, wouldn't it? Yeah. And then, you know, we, we see what we do with that. So maybe in two weeks' time, uh, I'll send a, a, maybe a brief um, and uh, maybe some resources to kick everybody off. But... I don't use anything other than LinkedIn, so I won't be much use to you when you get to Facebook and Instagram. No, well, that's fine. But, I mean, you may suddenly learn something from Facebook that could be quite useful. I have to say, I, yeah, I, 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 it's a choice. I yeah, don't want yeah, to yeah, use Facebook. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, if you wanted to talk about TikTok and and uh, Rod's Rod's the TikToker on here, um, mainly as of his own amusement, uh, it wouldn't have much value to me, but it might be to other people. So it's it's what we collectively want to do. So we do we certainly do LinkedIn. Uh, YouTube might be another one. Maybe maybe not. Uh, that, that's particularly my interest. I've just set up a YouTube channel. Uh, for um, Wells uh, independent uh, councillors uh, and populated that with all the videos I did. And I have to say, doing it for them, uh, I've set that up, uh, including little end cards and that, which, which I've learned as I've gone along. I don't even do it for my own YouTube site. So actually suddenly getting involved in something can be quite useful. Uh, Andrew. Yeah, one of my um, collaborators gives me a lot of grief all of the time about not being on Facebook. I hate Facebook as a company. I, I, I only got, I despise them, but um, I'm always getting grief um, from him because, because he says there is so much work on there for web work. I mean, I myself would benefit massively from Facebook. And I've actually, I'm going to be, I'm in the processes of rethinking and actually uh, changing my website. I've got this brainstorming thing and I've actually got as one of the stickers on it and he's noticed it and started laughing and I was showing him, it to him. It says Facebook with a very unhappy face emoji. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to relent. I'm going to get on there. 
<laughs> but it's going to be very useful to a lot of people actually on here because people I'm do look for things like photographers and stuff on Facebook. And that's not it's a bit more best as a customer, but certainly you know, only myself and you know, probably everybody actually on here would benefit from it. What I was thinking of is that we've all got this interest in LinkedIn, so we should all do that. But maybe for those of us, me included, would like to do some a pool resource for uh, Instagram. Those. I think it was Ollie, uh, Marcus, and myself. Uh, we do a separate session another time, and we see what we can learn. And then maybe one of us just presents some key factors that might entice other people in. Uh, Nick, I'm just thinking, Paul. Um, some of it, some of us here will know Ruth Southall, who's in the Bath BFN group, and she also runs the Chippenham BFN group. She, her business, Swallowtail Social. She, um, she specialises in training. Pinterest, Facebook, and interest, and she might be happy to come along and, and do a short session at this group on. Okay. Yeah, we could decide what we'd like her to talk about, but I'm, I'm sure and I'll, I'll have a chat with her and see whether she'd be up for it. Yeah, I, I, I particularly yeah, I like the idea of us doing putting some work in ourselves because the more you, you know, you take that interest, the more you discover, and then pooling yeah. our resource and then bringing that person in. Yeah. You Whatever know, route is best, Paul. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's a good idea. Is she there on Friday? She will. I'm sure she will be. Yeah, I'll introduce you to her if you haven't met her. Right. So you introduce me. That would be really good. Uh, yeah. Ollie, you 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 had your hand up. Um, yeah, I was, I was going to say uh, Instagram's really good. I really like it, and it's worked well for me. I've got sort of a fair bit of work from it actually. And you can do similar to what Marcus was saying on there. Um, you can create a list of your favourite people or followers, and then you only see their feed which is quite nice. So if there are like certain businesses that you want to keep in touch with, you can, you can add them to your close friends list, click a little drop down and just view those ones and then just keep on. So that, that kind of um, keeping in touch, that following up can be made easier by doing that because you're not missing out on opportunities to connect with them. Yeah. 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 I think, and, and that's a natural filter. If you've decided you want to follow somebody, uh, Marcus decided that on LinkedIn, You've got you've got a, a mechanism there. It doesn't have to be email. Uh, you've got a mechanism to remind you to, to you know to stay in touch. That's the key thing. Um, I know I've had it. Uh, I'm sure that um, Rod won't mind me mentioning, but uh, in the funeral business, uh, a big aspect of your business is people uh, doing pre-planned funerals, funeral plans. One of the, and there's lots of changes happening in that part of the business. One of the major suppliers, Safe Hands, has just gone into administration, which means that a number of people that have got plans with Safe Hands may very well lose all their money. Um, Rod happens to have about 50 clients that he's introduced over five years that he's introduced. So he suddenly had a, uh, a situation where he needed to, because one or two were beginning to get, they're not blaming him, but they, they want to know a little bit more. And Rod realises he needed to be proactive. So we very hurriedly this weekend, we've put together a database uh, or a data entry form uh, using MailerLite, by the way, uh, Nick, so that somebody can get all the plans, enter the data, and it automatically triggers an email uh, and all that's put into place. And it's highlighted the fact that Rod has got all those past customers, but has not been putting them into a meaningful database. It's all uh, paper-based, uh, not been staying in touch. Might be more of a difficult situation with funerals. 
especially if the, you're trying to be in touch and the person's died. Um, but nevertheless, having that data hand digitally so that you can instantly reach out to people has got to be a marketing coup. And I would say to everybody, you need to have your data, whatever social media it's on, offline into a system because you don't own your LinkedIn customers, LinkedIn do. You only own them when you've got them in an email system. Jason, did you have a point? Yeah, I thought I did. Um, will you come on to this in terms of exactly that example there with Rod? Is like, how do you keep in touch with people? So for me in my business, obviously, I know someone's, I'm hoping they're going to call me when they're in your basement. It could be in 6, 12, 18 months' time. So if I'm going to keep in touch, what news? So for me, I could obviously send pictures of other projects we're doing for other clients as case studies, like every two or three months. What would Rod do? Would he send a picture of someone else's funeral or how no, would that work? No, uh, I, I, I think you've raised a very good, uh, a, a very good point there. Uh, and it's actually the point I wanted to make with when you're in touch with, you know, when you follow up with somebody, where's that going to lead to? In some cases, you've met somebody you don't, you don't see a potential and that's okay. Uh, but it's still polite to at least have established. Is it okay if we stay in touch? Um, and like me, with a number of people that I went to on, on the business focus, there's a lot of those I haven't followed. I, I'm not chasing them to come over here. I've never done that. Um, but maybe now I can at least, and I've got that data, I can reach out and say, I'm going to Bristol. We didn't do it last time. Uh, if you fancy a one-to-one, or it'd be, it'd be nice to see you there. So in other words, you've got the ability to do that. I think in... In whatever case, you might want to say what I might have done with those people is I specialize in helping people with their marketing and their networking. Would you like me to stay in touch in this respect? And if they say yes, then maybe I decide on a regular, I don't want to call it a newsletter, but you know, sending out information. I don't people don't want to sign up for a newsletter letter, but if I said, look, I've got some really, you know, I get some really useful tips on lead generation. Would that be of any value to you? If they say yes, so from time to time, I'll send you information. You could say, uh, we're specialists in basement conversions. Would you like me to keep you in touch with develop developments in the industry? And if they say yes, then you periodically would send them value. And you've got to make sure that that value is valuable. You know, you don't, it's not a push, push, selling, 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 unless suddenly you had an offer, but it would be value, 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 push, you know? So you'd get that permission and do that. Nick? Oh, are you talking about adding them into a double opt-in email marketing system there? Or uh, just whether it's double opt-in or just a, a system. I don't use double opt-in, you know, if because I'm not dealing with people I don't know. I've met people, I say, you know, would you like me to stay in touch yeah. uh, on that respect? So they said yes. Double opt-in is fine, and it, and it's fine if they sort of said, "Can you, you know, I, I for instance, I've got two uh, books: one about lead generation marketing, two eBooks, and one about uh, networking with purpose. And so, one of the things I could do on Friday, and I will do on Friday, is to say, I've got I've got a couple of areas that I, you know, I've got gathered a lot of experience. Uh, which of these, you know, would you like me to send you a copy? Um, You know, and I could send that and I, I could set something up so that was sent. And then a couple of weeks, a couple of days later, it said, did you, know, did you get the copy or whatever? In other words, yeah, 
But I don't bother with, uh, I, I, I avoid double opting because it's one more thing to do. It's if, a barrier, if isn't doing, it? If I was doing things in mass with strangers, I'd probably want to qualify that list a bit better. Um, Ollie? Yeah, Nick, I tend to, when people go into my accounting system, QuickBooks, I then put them onto MailChimp and you can get, depending on what you use, like um, that they can actually sync up as well. So like your accountancy and your maybe mail alike, where when you do add a new customer to your system, they will then automatically go in or invoice and they automatically go into your email marketing software. And then you've got their kind of information there. And yeah. I, I think as Paul kind of says, I don't bother with uh, double opt-in because they, if they, an existing client uh, maybe different for me i think we've spoken about this previously nick actually because the clients which i work with ongoing for SEO or even the website hosting that they have an ongoing kind of contract commitment it's okay to kind of yeah. email them um not constantly but you know occasionally with, with things but um yeah i think if they've been a customer and you're giving them something of value um i wouldn't worry about the double opt-in stuff yeah. I, I think if you position that that you know you've got something of value, would you like me to would you like me to keep you posted uh, about that? You know, and, and most people will say yes, and then you just treat it nicely. I, as you know, I do I do a newsletter uh, or information for uh, a restaurant, and they have a little card, and then you know it basically says uh, we very often have special evenings and uh, menu changes if you'd like to be. Uh, kept informed ahead of everybody else, making them feel special. Just put your name and email address. And what he does is every week he types those into a form on the website, on, on, on you know, a mailer like form, goes in, immediately triggers an email saying, thank you for um, uh, signing up or whatever. And then once a month, you know, he'll say, I want to send something out about Mother's Day or Easter or whatever. We send that out. He gets a... 50 to 60% open rate. 50 to 60% open rate. You don't get that unless people have, you've established a permission. But I, you know, if Jason were to set that up and get that, he would be doing well. So one of the things in terms of that follow-up uh, would be in your follow-up is, as Anne-Maria said, and she does very successfully, what can you give away as an enticement in drawing the uh, follow-up. Maybe what I should have done with the business networking, and I'm thinking about that, when I've, I've done that, and certainly what I'll do on Friday, is that when I say, it'd be nice to meet you, I have, uh, rather than send anything, I would say, I have um, a, a really special, you know, three videos on networking with purpose, or I have a a special short ebook cheat sheet on networking with purpose. If you'd like a copy, just click here, which qualifies people that are interested in taking their networking seriously. That would give me an opportunity to follow up with a phone call and maybe invite them on onto this. Can you see where I'm, I'm coming? It's thinking those things through um, and, and, and put it into a process. Uh, Marcus and then Anne-Marie, and then I want to do an interview. Thank you. Um, Paul, do you take any um, stock in the person you're going to be following up with in profiling them or drawing up a profile on them, like a disc profile or whatever? I mean, there's other ones as well, I know. No, 
and and I know uh, and and somebody maybe needs to educate me. I'm willing to be educated. I don't say I'm right. When people go about these avatars and are they married? Do they own their own home? Uh, what's their income levels? Goodness me, I don't need that. Uh, no, in, not in my position. I might need it if I was with Virgin FM or whatever. But no, I don't. I don't. Not that kind of profile, Paul. I'm talking like a this profile. There's another one I've got here. A slow task relationship, fast, whatever it means. Um, uh, basically, finding out the way that these people, their personality types are. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's also people with different colours. Their personality, it's their personality style, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Well, the way I, I, I don't, I find out myself. Um, and and also, if if somebody's introducing me to them, that's why I would ask the questions that I've been asking. So yeah, you could if if you relate better to yellows or pe you know outgoing people. Uh, but I, I've been dealing with people for so long that I, I don't really mind. I'm, I'm intuitively aware if somebody's a bit shy, a bit reserved, a bit loud, or whatever. I you know I can adjust to all of that because I've dealt with so many people. Mm. But but if that's important, yeah, you, yeah. So you are doing it then. Basically, what you're saying you're doing. I'm doing it intuitively. I'm not I'm not doing it in any other considered way. Yeah. And it's somebody you end up thinking, well, I really don't want to work with this person, you know, to drive me mad. <laughs> you, Tracy, have you done this profiling? Are you? I think I've done a number of profiles in my. I'm asking Tracy. No, I ha I haven't. And one Sorry. of the one of the things I did look at when I started this business was whether I needed to have something like that. But when I looked at the disc profiles, it was pages and pages of information about a person, and I just thought. I can't be bothered to read all that and kind of to go through all that with everybody. So I'm a bit like Paul on that. Mm. I kind of intuitively will kind of work out what people are like. I think there's probably some tools out there that might be useful to use, but they've got to be short and sharp because otherwise it's an industry in itself. Mm. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I think over uh, overridingly, my thought is I'd prefer to be interested than interesting. I think I think it's one of one of the things that I'm naturally curious and naturally interested. I think that that's that's why I tend to like people. Yeah, and if you do that, you'll build a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are interested in themselves, and this is a danger. I, I'm I'm at a stage. I, I wasn't to begin with. I was more. You know, I want to appear interesting. You know, but no, I'm more interested. I, you know, I will direct. I've got to be careful. I don't sound like the uh, Spanish Inquisition. I've got to temper the number of questions, but I'm right. I'm quite fascinated. I'm always fascinated with what you find out in common, you know. Anne-Marie. A um, couple of things. Profiling, Marcus. Um, I think it depends what you want it for. So, and I've mentioned this to Tracy, I have done, um, I've been profiled on a, a tool called the GC Index, which I've mentioned to Tracy. It's um, online, I think there's 50 questions or something, bum, 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 bum. You get a report, which is very simple to understand. Um, it tells you which of these kind of categories you fit into. And the reason that I looked into that was because I need to know how I perform in amongst a team of people. For my, for my prep work, so I'm thinking of, uh, you know, kind of in the future, when I'm looking to build the business and build a team, I need to make sure I don't have people 
that are going to clash with me because I've worked in far too many difficult corporate worlds. So from, that's kind of where I use that kind of tool. And this particular one, it just seems to, you know, it seems to fit the bill for that. And I think in that kind of scenario, they can be really beneficial. I don't know if you're using them for clients. I don't know how much value there is in that. But again, I guess it depends what type of relationship you need to have with them. Um, and the second thing I was going to say um, about the follow-up and whatever, what I have found, which is a which was an unexpected side effect to the way I do things by sending information packs out, and I've just sent some mugs out to my first um, official signed-up beta readers, is they get very excited and they post photos of it on LinkedIn. And I, I don't ask them to do that. That wasn't expected. And then all that, they go, oh, this is brilliant. I've had this lovely, you know, this beautifully wrapped package, blah, 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 blah. So that does give you a bit of extra exposure as well. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I did it because I like getting things. That was my motivation. But I think people do appreciate it as well. That was it. Those were my points. Good. Uh, and finally, on that subject, Andrew, and then I want to do this quick interview. Yeah, so just on the disk profiling, I hadn't come across it until um, I started networking and somebody did a presentation at a networking event about disk profiling. And it was a revelation to me because to understand where different people come from, I had the opinion of some people completely incorrectly. They were just damned bloody rude. And it was like, Oh, these are red people. Oh, now I understand it. And a friend of mine's like that. He's got because I'm detailed, you see. And um, you know, he'll say, Well, could you do this? And I'm like, Oh, yeah, we could do it. And I'm sort of going to the weeds. And he's like, I just want to know if you can do it. <laughs> and I understand where that comes from now. And it's really helped me a lot. And I didn't sort of go to the end of it at all, but it's given me a real sort of understanding where I come from, where other people come from. And that's really, you know, been a real boon, actually. Yeah. I, they, they do it on colours, they do it in various ways. I, the, the one that made most sense to me was uh, animals. Uh, lion, owl, uh, monkey and koala. The lion was very in your face and direct. Uh, the monkey was just want to have fun and, you know, make friends with everybody. The uh, owl was very pedantic and, and studious and took ages to make decisions and very wise. And then the koala just wants to hug up trees and everybody and just wants to be warm and fuzzy. And I decided I'm half lion, half monkey. I don't know which is the preferred bit. Anyway. <laughs>